0: Welcome to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance, where top level COOs share their insights, tactics and strategies that made them the chief behind the chief. And now here's your host, Cameron Harold.
1: Anna Collins is president and COO of Bulletproof, a world renowned brand that provides supplements, foods and technologies that help people perform better think faster, and live radically improved lives. Anna is responsible for the strategy, operations, and omnichannel growth of the company. Her mission there is to create products and provide information that support Bulletproof's vision to help people tap into the unlimited potential of being human. She's a versatile and transformational leader who has pioneered and scaled new businesses at some of the world's most admired multi-billion dollar companies. Most recently, Anna served as a worldwide general manager of Amazon Prime Management, or sorry, membership, where she led the first two Prime Days pricing and membership engagement growth and retention programs. Prior to Amazon, she was recruited to Microsoft to build out and scale the global search advertising business from concept through launch and to growth to over $1.6 billion. She's also led initiatives with CBS Health, SVP media and holds an MBA from Harvard University. When not changing the world, Anna coaches sons Henry and Cooper in basketball and keeps up with her wonderful wife Debbie. So Anna, welcome to the Second in Command podcast. I'm really, really glad to have you on the show.
0: Hi Cameron, great to be here.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, um, I mean, we first, first started talking, I guess, a couple of years ago when um, Dave told me that he was recruiting you and you, you came in from Amazon. I guess you were the head, former head, head of Amazon Prime, is that right?
0: I was the former head of Amazon Prime membership globally. So, okay.
1: what, like, and like, why would you leave such an amazing organization? For I mean, yes, Bulletproof Coffee is an amazing organization, but like, totally different in terms of scope. And like, what did you see? What were you, what were you thinking? Walk us through that.
0: Yeah, uh, happy to. A couple of things. One is, um, I've in my career, what I've done is I've gone uh, back and forth between doing, growing, building, and growing. Enterprises in small, smaller businesses and startups and large uh, companies like Amazon and Microsoft so or CBS. So that's sort of normal for me to to go back and forth. uh, uh, Across Um, and I had never heard of Bulletproof. when I got this uh, recruiting call and in 20 plus years of working. I'd also never Gone to a next opportunity based on a, a cold call kind of recruit. It's always been through my network getting getting wow. referred in and sort of pulled in. So it was really unique, and and I wasn't looking to leave Amazon happy and Prime was my third job at Amazon and uh, love Amazon. Lots of wonderful things. The opportunity to join Bulletproof. I looked at it, when I learned about Bulletproof and started talking to Dave. I really saw Bulletproof as a unicorn in the better for you consumer product good space Mm. and i started by uh, trying some of the products bulletproof coffee the brain octane oil and i'm a high performance uh, individual and always knew coffee uh, was a performance enhancing substance for myself and being spirit using other spiritual and practices like meditation and other uh, athletic fitness kinds of things I can tell what changes and works for my body. And so when I started doing the Bulletproof coffee and Brain Octane oil, it, I could feel the difference. And so I'm like, huh, there's, this is real. It's not a fad. Yep. And, uh, and so I got intrigued. And then second, this the, the size of the opportunity to really make an impact on the world, the mission driven nature. So Bullet, Bulletproof's mission to create products and provide information that radically improve lives. And Dave, uh, taking his really hero's journey and applying that to and making it accessible for the masses. I was very jazzed about that. And then third, it really hit this sweet spot, which is I'm a builder. Uh, what I do is help take a, a product market fit uh, type idea and then help scale it up and build teams and businesses. And that's what I know how to do and and want to do it in a space that matters. So this really fit my my personal uh, passion and my mission-driven nature, and then from a role perspective, from a partnership perspective, Dave, as the genius entrepreneur and creative uh, that he is, wanted a business partner to help be the business leader, if you will, mm-hmm. to help grow and scale the company, while he continued his uh, genius uh, creation in both content and product and his um Visionary uh, biohacking, you know, leadership that he continues to do in the world, and evangelizing that and, very, and spending a lot of time, you know, externally doing that, not just writing books like this latest Game Changers book, but also speaking to events, uh, at events and, and, and spreading the word like only he can do.
1: Yeah. And, and so Dave, Dave started Bulletproof and I, I, I know a lot of our listeners will know the name Bulletproof and then a lot will be like you that won't have known the name and they'll probably like hop right on Amazon or right on the website and start buying the product. Um, with, with Dave being one of those very entrepreneurial founders, how did you get him to start releasing from, from, um, from parts of the organization and, and what parts did he keep and what parts do you now run that maybe were harder for him to let go of?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. it, it started with, uh, you know, as I, as I stepped into the organization, it was clear that, you know, I think I'd like to say, when I talk to folks, that Dave, I think Dave is an entrepreneur and, and he's, a, he's a, not just an entrepreneur, but he's actually a genius in how he can come up with, a, and what I mean by that is he comes up with 100 ideas and 90 of those 100 ideas are actually good. Mm. And so, you know, stepping into Bulletproof. Uh, there were many projects going on, uh, and they were all good. Most of them were very good. It wasn't, but but a company can't scale and grow by doing everything. You right. know, the essence, the essence. One of my favorite quotes on strategy is the essence of strategy is choosing what not to do. Okay. that's from Michael Porter, the sort of grandfather five of competitive horses, strategy. Yeah, yeah five forces guy exactly, and so for what I started by saying, hey, how do we make trade-offs and, and, and sequence? So it's not um, no, but, but not now, and not this, but that, because how do you start making these strategic choices? And to do that, what's the vision, right, that you have? And then what is what are the goals <clears throat> that support that vision? And then what are the strategies to get there? And then you how do you execute that? And then tying and linking strategy to execution and then people that in, 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 in entails executing uh entails linking those strategy uh to the building blocks of execution which are people product <clears throat> process customer systems and enabling tools those building blocks right yep. and so then you yep. start looking at, at those things and say <clears throat> and how do you make choices around those yeah, and I- so so and then the second thing was Dave was very much a part of you know how does a product get created? How does this content get created? and the things um, he would when we wanted to, he wanted to go faster on, on some things like we, w- like we all do and it was how do we take Dave and scale it out? So I brought mechanisms uh, from other uh, places like tenants from Amazon, which are guiding principles and they help you get alignment at the start on how to run a program or how to build products or do innovation. And then you agree, and Dave could have the input with the team, you agree on those things, and you say, okay, we're gonna use these these tenets or these principles unless we know better ones, right? And that really helped. That was an example of one mechanism that we started to use that helped the team scale.
1: And did that allow Dave to then move out when he started to see that there were some systems and processes that were going to allow you to scale faster but didn't need him to be involved? Is that part of why he could step back?
0: Yes. Yeah, so those the, those types of mechanisms allowed him, allowed me and the, and the team to earn trust with him, yeah. right, in these different areas and to see what was working. And, and, and it gave him more freedom uh, to go pursue, uh, continue to pursue Input put his energy in other, in other areas.
1: And you, you killed off or not you, but the company yeah. killed off a couple of products pretty early on in your tenure, like in the first year or so. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I, just- I did a number of things. I came in, I, I mostly uh, reduced focus. So I, I, we had the company uh, in the year before I came. So I joined in January, 2017. And in 2016, the, the <clears throat> Bulletproof had opened up international uh, E-commerce in a couple markets, including Canada and the UK and Japan. And so, one of the things I did was I shut those down uh, in my in my first 90 days. I also uh, uh, cut the SKU count in half my my first uh, my first year. And really, in that first 90 days, as made that decision as as I was retooling, revising our operating plan. And um, part of that were the international SKUs, and uh, part of that was also other categories, or they were other uh, uh, supplements and and, and uh, areas of new product innovation, and to help focus, to help focus and reduce the inventory as well as the complexity so uh, that we had. So the other thing, I'm sorry. On. Go ahead. Uh, the other thing we did was we weren't, we weren't selling on Amazon. Uh, and uh, that's a, as I said, the Amazon has a lot of customers and uh, <laughs> It's a good place, good place to go get some business and it's hard. It's not easy to go do that. And there, once your products in retail distribution, you also have some distribution control issues to work through. And so uh, we, we worked on those in 2017 and started to build an, and recruited the right folks and started to build an Amazon business, which is which is today quite substantial two years later and continuing to grow very fast.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand how he could have such a strong brand and, and really not, um, didn't have much going on Amazon at all. Was that a cognizant early stage decision to not be there or did they just not have the depth and the expertise to go after it?
0: i think it was more about the latter than the uh, uh former it's just it's hard
1: yeah well so you killed off some or again i don't mean you personally but yeah I mean, no i did but, personally yeah i did personally how did you, you convince, and was fat water one of them
0: no fat water we fat water is still uh still is still around. in distribution that's okay. still a product we did scale back we we scaled back our distribution of fat water or really paused it and we uh, pause the further innovation on that so that we could focus on our Ready to Drink Bulletproof Coffee innovation right. and distribution, which we have done. And that's one of our core uh, products in retail distribution that um, continues to yeah, I was all the- channels. But that, but that was one of the things It gets back to you can't do everything, right? So how do you make right. choices and prioritize certain things over other things?
1: So, how did other, you sell the founder? Yeah. How did you sell Dave on killing off some of those? Yeah. I would have imagined he had yeah. a, bit of a a love affair with, right? There were things that he yeah. could start.
0: Yeah, so a couple of things. One is I uh, we we focus I focused on the customer and the different customer and consumer segments that we have. So the core bulletproof has has been built on the core biohacker. Uh, customer that is super loyal and important to, and continues to be important to the, to the brand and to the company. And to grow the company beyond the core biohacking customer, uh, we had to say, well, what's required to do that? How do we grow? If, Hey Dave, if our vision is to help all people tap into the potential of being human and you want to go beyond the core biohacker that we have today. You know, let's look at that. Who is that customer and how do we serve that customer and add that customer segment in addition to the core that we have, which is growing beyond the core. And Mm so it was really through customer focus that, and growth and what's required to, how do we retain the core? And then how do we build uh, both content and product and distribution to go beyond the core, and that yeah. was that was critical to shifting Dave and getting his en- engaged in his enrollment really in in moving beyond.
1: And I don't know if this was a um, I, I was in a hotel, but it was at an event that Dave was at. But are your is Bulletproof Coffee now the little the drinks? Are they in some hotel chains, or did he just happen to? Did you happen to pull that off for the Abundance Three Hundred and Sixty event that I? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, we were, uh, so we are at, we are in uh, Beverly Hilton, uh, which is, I think, where you, where where you were, and, uh, and that's a, uh, a, I would say a unique, uh, uh, a unique distribution, uh, because we have upgrade labs, uh, and upgrade labs in there, and so that was part of that uh, engagement with, with the Beverly Hilton, so we are not in all hotels, we are in, we are in, on some, uh, distributed in some uh, top corporations like uh, Goldman Sachs and Microsoft, some Microsoft campuses and huh. uh, uh, Google. And <clears throat> we're on some college campuses like uh, USC, UCLA. We have uh, the Harvard Women's Basketball Team wow. uh, is using Bulletproof. Uh, and so we're targeting uh, and engaging in that area but it's it's more about, um, getting out there those are those are important sort of pillars to, to help expand the strategic marketing of the brand yeah and so 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 we're, we're sprinkling those in as we uh as we continue to grow in sort of mainstream distribution it's
1: great i mean that's huge credibility you mentioned something early w- with um with with some of the projects it's kind of like, i can't remember the term you used but it was like green lighting some and yellow lighting some like it was like not not no but not right now or not yet um, or trading one off for the other how do you get Dave um, and Dave's a spectacular entrepreneur like you said he has a hundred ideas 90 of them are good how do you get someone like that to not want to start all of their ideas what do you what's the system you do to grab the ideas track the ideas not kill their spirit how do you how do you keep him Um, Excited and and having those ideas without killing it off, and then and without having to start them all.
0: Yeah, I I think it's it's a good question. One is where the the, the one part is where can we take an idea if it's not now, then let's set its time frame to revisit. So, for example, I created a uh, about I know it's probably six months in or. I mean, it's hard to remember now when I started, but I, I want to say it was about six months in, and I created a series called What the CEO Needs to Know. And I said, we're going to do, every month, we're going to do product innovation reviews with you and we'll spend 90 minutes on product innovation so that you're not wondering where these things are in the innovation pipeline. When we make a trade-off and we say, we're going to do this, not that, we're going to sequence this, over here and we're going to have these streams that match up to different consumer segments. We're going to then have a cadence of your, it's not going to just disappear. Right. And so this is a way to continue to have visibility, but at the right level and with the right framework. So it's not a free form brainstorming idea of just here are all the things you want to go do. Let's put in context where we're actually talking about implications and trade-offs that we will make on the business and on customers. So it's not a free form, hey, it's just out here, which is the entrepreneurial way to do it. Hey, sure. let's just take everything, there's all, all 99 ideas there. Yeah, they're all great. Now let's bring them down to the reality of business and customers and okay. what the implications are. Yep.
1: How, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. No, it does. My, my yeah, I,
0: I want to share, so I, <laughs> it no, makes my, me, it, that, that makes it, me-
1: I got 74 different areas to go with you on this stuff. It's, it's well, awesome.
0: Well, that, 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 let me, let me tell you my, my, my basic framework for leadership is, 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 and I'll tell you, it's really, it's my favorite point on leadership is uh, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The last is to say, thank you. And in between the two, the leader is both a servant and a debtor. And that sums up the progress of an artful leader. And that's from Max Dupree's The Art of Leadership. And what I love about that is the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. Yeah. And reality for me, Cameron, is what's true today, what's the state of the union for all facts on the ground? How many SKUs do we have? How many customers do we have? What are our segments? Who are we serving? What is our cash position? What, you know, everything of the yeah. reality of what's true today. What's the team capability? So when I walked in the door, I did that. What's the reality of today, right? That was the first thing I did. Sure. And then I said, here's my state of the union report. The other part of defining reality is the opportunity, the vision, the possibility, yeah. which is what I was talking about. Okay, here's the big vision, and then what's the roadmap and strategy and goals that are gonna take us there, and, sure. and both you know, on the small year And so that setting that reality up, both what's true and the possibility, is that frame that I'm operating from with Dave and the, and the team.
1: How far out do you plan versus how far out do you allow yourself to think with Dave and Vision?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there, there are multiple, um, there are different time horizons, right? So we're doing the big vision. When, when, again, when I walked in the door, it was, and when I was interviewing with the company, it was clear that there was a strong mission and a strong vision, but actually talking to and values, like gratitude, is a practice, uh, is a value that we have at Bulletproof, we have seven other values. Well, if you asked different folks on the team, when I walked in the door, I did, and they would give you 10 different answers for what the vision is, 10 different answers for the mission. They would all say gratitude is one of the values, but you get other answers. And so, again, in the first 90 days, I went through a process with Dave and the team using employee input, uh, uh, customer input, and a facilitator, and then we actually, define definitively what our values and the vision mission to be able to say it and everyone would say the same thing. And then we use that frame to start doing performance reviews, to start doing, uh, to do the hiring interview and baking an image of the process to help us scale. And so that's another example of uh, creating a common reality and context for the team and, and us all to operate uh, and practice business in. And yes. so that vision, that vision is a 20 year vision okay. to tap into the unlimited potential of being human.
1: Yep, yep. So that's when you're always communicating and talking about, you're probably planning in a more granular basis than three years out, two years out.
0: And then we have the strategic strategic planning process. And those are three, three year, okay. three years. I use a three year strategic planning process. Okay. Uh, we, we do that. And then, we have our uh, operational annual planning and we do the three-year planning process ahead of the one-year planning, and we're constantly doing the three-year planning ahead of our one-year planning and And then we do mid-year and then we do mid-year uh we do we do mid-year sort of check-in with that
1: sure if you if you were to go back to amazon for a bit and and think about when you left Amazon and came into Bulletproof what skills did you bring with you from Amazon that you still use today or what styles of leadership did you bring in and then what did you have to change what did you what were you maybe really great at or doing at Amazon that just wouldn't work in the entrepreneurial world and you had to reinvent
0: yeah it's a great question since I, I, I spent, uh, it's hard to answer just the Amazon question because I spent you know, right. seven years at Microsoft and, right. you know, but so what I'd say is, and when I bring all of that, like an Amazon ruined me, ruined me forever with, uh, for example, PowerPoint,
1: because at Amazon,
0: you can't do PowerPoint. You can only write narratives. It's only written word and every meeting starts with a document and nobody talks until everyone reads the document. Wow. And, uh, and a document has data in it, and, and so therefore, you do that for any number of years, and any other meeting is crap compared to that. No shit. So, so, so what I did want to do when I walked into Bulletproof is crush this very entrepreneurial uh, uh, company that didn't ever write anything down like a narrative, right? Sure. Yeah. And so what I did was I started sprinkling in and demonstrating um, some practice of the document or narrative form, and I also, like I said, I brought some other mechanisms in uh, data, uh, you know, increase in the capa- data and analytics capability, which an Amazon has uh, right. strengthened, um, and creating a weekly business review. So I did start the first. Uh, year doing weekly business review, but by the second year, we have implemented weekly business review. But what I did the first year was create a data analytics capability uh, and started building that up so that we could do those other things. So creating those enabling type. um, And and those are normal scaling up type stages to go through, right?
1: Yeah. Well, they're normal, except a lot of companies don't do it, right? Um, You talk about the data analytics. I'm curious, I was talking to a client this morning that I coach and and they were measuring everything and he was showing me all the metrics. I'm like, dude, there's no way you can ever look at all this data. Like you have so much data. It's almost like plugging your portion into car dealership and looking at the 75,000 things they measure. Yeah. What are the most important ones? How did you decide what to measure and how to look at it? And, um, yeah. Who was looking at, it? can you walk us through some of that?
0: Sure, well, it, it, it you know, depends on which areas of the business we're talking about and what the framework is are the input outputs. So a lot of, um, so you know, some companies and practices look at outputs, like revenue is an output. Yep. But what are the inputs, the number of customers, on and on an e-commerce business you have um, customers, average order value. Ahead of and, and what are the inputs there. There are inputs to uh, the number of customers have to do with new customers and return customers and then for an e commerce site, you have traffic coming in. Right. Uh, so how many visitors are visiting what's their conversion so conversion visitors and uh, traffic or visitors and conversion are input metrics to uh, To average order uh, value and uh, revenue and revenue and units sold, and so you start like I'm just giving an example on commerce business how you would start looking at it and saying, well, what matters? Those are all metrics that matter, inputs and outputs uh, for the for the for the daily business. Then you you can drive and say, well, what impacts conversion on a website on a product detail page, and then you start talking about okay, load time, speed of the page. Usability: What information or content is on the page? Where it's positioned on the page? I could go on. You could talk about wow. there's yep. the average thing. So it depends on you know what area you're talking about. That's different than um, supply chain or um, retail uh, retail uh, distribution.
1: So then, how about from so? And I love the whole inputs through the outputs, and then kind of diving yeah. in on the areas. What do you look at? Is there a dashboard that you look at more than others? Is there specific numbers that you focus in on to know the health of the whole organization, or do you? Yeah. Do you.
0: Yeah. So that is a weekly business review. I'm looking at. I'm not looking at any one. Again, as as uh, if you will, as president, looking at everything. I'm yeah. not picking any one area. Uh, so looking, I'm. at I am. Looking at the health across the business, I'm looking at customer. So we have, you know, there's customer service metrics. There's product quality metrics. There, there are um, yeah, inventory, uh, uh, supply, uh, you know, supply to demand, uh, and inventory metrics that are important. So. Uh, Their financial uh, metrics that are important. There are marketing metrics that are important. When we do field marketing, we do demos and return on investment for demos. So I could go on and on about what it, what I look at, but there's no as as being responsible for you know the entire business. I don't not look at anything. Right. And yeah. and there's no one dashboard. We're not that sophisticated. No, yeah. by the way, Amazon doesn't have any one dashboard either. Right. Um, it's a set of things that okay. we're looking at. Yeah.
1: Can you walk us through your weekly business review and how that meeting runs, what the, the kind of pulse or the agenda?
0: Yeah, so there's there are defined metrics by team that are uh, driven by the goals for that team. Again, you talk about the key inputs yep. and outputs that matter for those goals. And then it's it's uh, the trend, the last weeks, the last, uh, you know, eight weeks, you can see, and against, and then you do the trend to prior weeks and prior year, comparing that for the, the metric, yep. and then against the goal. And right. then you talk about, and then you look and you talk about variances that are out of bounds, yep. that how controls it, and so it's an exception-based conversation, and then, the pre- the presenting owner of that metric slide is reporting to me and the other extended leadership team that's reviewing this right yep. and explaining the variance from the exception uh except reporting if you will
1: and how long are they presenting for is it five ten minutes per business area or
0: you know it depends because we're building that muscle and we're, yep. we're we're as we're doing that we're adding um, you know, we're continually to, to build the muscle and add the, the, the different areas. Um, so we're not perfect yet, but you know, again, on average, it would be, uh, depending on the owner, it could be two minutes or it could be five minutes. Sure. Yeah. I remember we, we used to run
1: weekly business reviews. I called them the bar meetings at, uh, at 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And I loved when you'd get some some different mm-hmm. business areas, would all of a sudden challenge someone like you would have the, yeah the person running the call center would all of a sudden challenge finance on something. Like, oh, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Like they were, yeah. but they were doing it as a team, like everyone's yes. arguing and challenging for the good of the company. And it was, yes, it was a really, is it a stressful, but good stress kind of meeting?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I love, I love that it. it was my favorite. Um, we only did about four <laughs> before I was at the company as COO and I love doing it cause they really felt that, that kind of stress and pull. Um, so what are you focusing on day to day what do you what do you if you had like that you know that old adage of if, if you were sick and you can only focus on two hours a day what would you be doing? Um, do you have the core things that you focus on or obsess over?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great question uh, so, I think about I think about my time as sort of the stakeholder, the stakeholder buckets more than the to-do list, if you will.. Yeah. And so you know some stakeholder buckets, uh, one of the big stakeholder buckets are customers. And so every every day, every week, there's some amount of time I'm spending with customers. And so, for example, this morning I had a customer call with the president of one of our uh, uh, top retailers, as an example. Okay. Um, I Earlier this week, I was actually uh, uh, observing some consumer focus groups uh, that that are part of our, our product, led by our product team. Um, and I'll stop there on the customer oh, okay. example. Um, the other one is team so i spend time on the people the hire and develop and so i've been hiring i uh earlier this week i wrote a launch plan for my new cfo it's going to get it now so it won't steal the thunder coming up here but i finished her launch plan that's that's like you know here are her goals priorities to give her the start here the one-on-one you start with here the team uh a meetings that I want you to start with um, to set her up for success. You know, here's your here's your get started at Bulletproof Launch Plan. Yes. That's an example of a people thing. And yes. another call in recruiting at VP of marketing. Um, uh, we missed you know an interview loop. I've got that rescheduled. Spend some time. So I'm giving you an example sure. of that. Um, and then the other is uh, the the daily operations and running the business with. Uh, uh, how are we uh, meeting and driving, whether it's new customer launches, product innovation, um, and financial, uh, and, and, and how are we progressing along our, our plans, whether it's financial, operational, so it could be forecasting, could be, um, you know, I have SL, senior leadership team meetings, where we're reviewing different uh, capabilities um, that hit across those buckets as well as operational and financial. So I'll, I'll stop there, but I think, you know, there's, then there's marketing. So there's PR and, um, you know, I had a, uh, 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 usually have some amount of PR stuff going on. So I have yep. some of that to respond to and another marketing. So it's really, the thing I love about my role is it really spans. There is no, hey, it's just this bucket, or just that right. bucket, right? Yeah.
1: When are you going public? Like, and I'm making this up on the assumption. I'm and I'm asking because I actually want to buy stock. Like, you guys are starting to execute so much better than the company was before you got there two years ago. And Dave was running a good company, but holy shit, you guys are on fire right now. It feels like.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Cameron. That's uh, that's that's sweetie to say. And we are we are really we have been exploding. The the and it's a it's a total team effort. And Dave. You know, it's a it's a partnership where we are, uh, we're locked locked arm, right, yeah. um, going at it, and with the team, and we've we've brought a lot of great folks on the team, like Pat Brown, who's our uh, leader in, in in retail distribution, retail sales, and um, Karen Ha, huh, who's been our product leader and brand for over three years now. But she's just uh, her the product innovation and con- and consistency and lights out, ready to drink bulletproof coffee that we, have. I mean, we haven't had the dark chocolate, uh, collagen, uh, collagen protein, dark chocolate, ready to drink bulletproof coffee, it is, it's amazing and it is really lights out, like you drink that and you're just like, oh my god, that's such a treat and it's good for you and so like it's 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 just exploding and our collagen protein bar, our bars are amazing and we keep coming out with more and more flavors, the chocolate chip, cookie dough chocolate chip is my favorite for that but you know, I what's happening is,
1: those are ridiculous.
0: Aren't those good? And so when they get on the shelf, like I, they are, you know, customers are just, uh, they're just, the demand is continuing to to, to grow because as people taste, it's like, Oh my God, they taste good. They're good for you. Yeah. Um, and you know, no sugar. So anyway, those are, those are the, the, the products and the, so the team, the business continues to grow and, and then Dave continues to, you know, both do this creative genius on the content and 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 help us uh, with the product and continue to guide us as you know, overall strategy and, and, and business. So I think to answer your question, um, we you know an IPO is a financing event. And uh, that's how we, you know, look at that. That's that's at some point. That's a, a financing event that um, is a possibility. And yeah, um, but we're really focused on the growth and the customers and and what's going to, you know, what's going to meet their needs and and how do we create more and more access uh, for the masses. How do we simplify and how do we simplify it? Because, you know, it's, it's very bulletproof can be uh, the light. It can be intimidating and unapproachable right as a lifestyle. So really simplifying it for yeah. When, when when someone comes and say, you know, how do I become bulletproof? I'm like, here, eat this collagen protein bar. Now you're bulletproof. Right. Drink this great tasting, ready to drink bulletproof coffee.
1: Yeah. Versus <laughs> having to understand biohacking at the level that Dave understands it, which it, it is terrifying.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> where where do you struggle? I mean, you're clearly super strong as a as, as a president and second in command. Where do you struggle on a day to day? I mean, like at the end of the day, this is. I think we're all still trying to figure this out, right, but yeah, where do you struggle?
0: Where do I struggle as a leader
1: yeah, as a leader as a, as a business person, what are you working on to get better? you know like it's kind of like the best golfer in the world still practices and still yeah. works the game what oh you, yeah, yeah yeah, sure you know, gosh what are you working on for yourself and your skills? where do
0: you I think the the Honestly, the main thing is staying in. Uh, it's managing up and 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 with Dave in the uh, in the day to day. My my uh, you know my leadership style is let's you know let's take the hill and let's 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 you know. Let's go look at bat out of hell up the hill, and and if you're not in line of sight or you're not on the hill in that moment, the amount of effort to continue to um, take the time out and bring everyone along uh, is is the thing that I struggle with, and so and so really, it, part of that is is slowing down and. Uh, and, and making more of an effort to, uh, to engage as, as, as I'm going like a bat out of hell. Uh, after stuff, yeah. so I think, I think that's, that's, and, and what that can, what, what, what that shows up to, uh, you know, to someone, if, if they're on the team or today is I can be, uh, I can be intimidating and, you know, and, and really overbearing sure and 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 I think that's a thing and it's not a new thing that's the thing I've been working on for you know 20 plus years but <laughs> but in, a, in an environment where there's so much to do it's yeah, super yeah, stressful yeah. we're gone like crazy days going like crazy you know those are the points that will create friction yeah uh, you know for me and and uh, up, down, and around. Yeah, that would be, be one of the biggest
1: I, ones. I had something similar. I'm I'm six foot four, and so when I come in with that batter to hell um, feeling around people, they feel like I'm kind of running at them when I'm just walking into the room quick. And um, yeah. I was I was told to just physically slow down as I was approaching people because I scared the shit out of them. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot my question. Shoot. So, um, so with your people, the the stuff that you are the best at if your team was to describe you right now, I mean, we've certainly got a huge glimpse of it, but what do you think, how would your people describe you? As a leader? How, would
0: I, how would my how would someone on my team describe you?
1: Yeah. yeah, your team. Um, and are any of them remote or is, is your team all office, um, you know, based in Seattle?
0: We are, we are a combination of, of remote and based in Seattle, although we've continued to create a critical mass. Uh, hub here in in the headquarters in Seattle. My direct reports are mostly here. Some uh, a couple of them are remote. If that's the question.
1: Yeah, and how would they describe you as a leader? Oh,
0: God, um, <laughs> direct. Uh, what is it? Direct and demanding. Um, direct demanding and likes data.
1: And then you said, you said earlier that yeah. you kind of finish everything with that. Thank you. Right. With that gratitude. Is that, yeah. is that I, for you or is that, do
0: you have to, yeah, I, you know, I'd say, they, yeah, no, I'd say, I'd say they, no, 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 the gratitude. I do the thank you. I, I, I the other thing It would be connected and caring, I think hmm. my, you know, I sort of think about leadership My leadership, if you want to say what my leadership style is, what people would say, distinguishes my style is high. I'd say uh, character, competence, and caring. And the 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 character is you know high integrity, high high intention that shows up like and also don't the competence part is you know strong basic capability and also don't. Uh, and, uh, and this other part, would to be like, "Don't suffer fools." Right? Like, very quickly, have a have a, a strong point of view uh, and communicate it directly. Around whether we're interviewing somebody, right on an interview loop, that you know, create clarity and have a strong uh, strong point of view around that in communication. And then the caring part that I do care about each individual, and I care about them professionally and and as a person. And so. What that means is I've invested in their success mm-hmm. uh, as well and work to be that leader that is not only helping to provide clarity on the, the reality, but also a uh, servant in helping to unblock and, and be of service. What can I do to help uh, yeah, with them be, and their
1: team? You're clearly one of those exceptional leaders, like the ability to straddle and, or go back and forth between the corporate world and the entrepreneurial world back and forth is, I, I don't, I don't see it virtually ever um it's pretty amazing to watch and to have, to have seen you over the last couple of years if you were to have that that kind of one final word of advice not for our listener but for yourself if you were to to give your 21 year old self a bit of leadership advice what would you wish you had known at 21 that you know to be true
0: yeah i did i did at microsoft when i was at microsoft there was a, a woman who wrote a book ellen i can't remember the name but it's letters to her younger self and i did a panel on this so i had a whole letter i wrote to my younger self Okay. But the number one thing would be, don't, don't take myself so seriously. Oh, okay. seriously. right? Yeah. And I, and I, and I can say that. And, um, um, and I still, uh, I still struggle with that one because I, uh, I overdo it. I think on the serious part of my responsibility back to one of my opportunities.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've been trying to go with that as well. That whole don't take ourselves so effing seriously. I went out for Valentine's last night and uh-huh. uh, my girlfriend and I wore heart onesies and we went to a super nice restaurant and we walked in with these pink and purple onesie outfits and everybody in the restaurant was like what the fuck and we're just yeah. like we owned it man we were like we walked in like we were wearing tuxedos and ball gowns we owned the place uh, it was
0: oh great. my gosh, <laughs> fun
1: Anna Collins president for Bulletproof Coffee thank you so much for sharing on the second in command podcast really glad you were able to share with us today thanks Cameron appreciate it
0: You've been listening to Second in Command with Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. To learn more best practices from industry-leading COOs, please visit COOalliance.com.